0: Jeff Passon, have you ever thrown a first pitch? Or if not, have you ever sort of developed, as I think lots of us
1: have, a secret strategy for what you would do if you were asked to throw a first pitch? I have never thrown a first pitch because I'm not important. (laughs) Same, unfortunately. (laughs) And and I think think part of the whole first pitch thing is you have to be someone of note. The idea, Pablo, of standing 60 feet 6 inches And throwing the ball over the plate is frightening. It's horrifying. It puts you on this stage that every single night, professional pitchers go out there and stand on and execute pitches to within inches when the margin of error for throwing a first pitch is in feet. And and not just one or two feet. (laughs) Like, if you get it within five feet of the plate you're actually doing kind of okay and not embarrassing yourself, (laughs) which makes some of the first pitches we have seen throughout history so bad that they are worth dwelling on and, in fact, doing a podcast about.
0: Yes, and so for the record here, right, all I have in my brain is the vague aspiration to do the El Duque leg kick and then flail wildly.
2: (laughs) The right-hander, El Duque, Orlando Hernandez. A guy who is fun to watch and hard to hit. At high leg kick, very deceptive.
0: And we should be clear too, Jeff, right? This is something that people dream of doing. It is something you reward people with, except in reality, it's sort of like rewarding them with a seat inside of a dunk tank. It's there for you
1: to be more likely than not utterly humiliated. Pablo, we see this in other sports sometimes, right? There's always something ceremonial at the beginning of our sporting events. At the NFL, you've got the coin toss. In the NHL, you've got the puck drop. At UFC, you always have a buffer brother saying, let's (laughs) get ready to rumble, or in boxing as well. At NASCAR, gentlemen, start your engines. Baseball is the only sport where you have to do what the athlete does to kick off the game.
0: (laughs) Such a great point. It's an insane reality of how baseball works that we've all kind of become numb to. And so here we are, I think, hopefully becoming a little bit less numb by talking about the people who arguably had to I don't know, numb their own sort of cerebral cortex in order to avoid being haunted by their experiences, attempting to do the thing that actual baseball players do to start a game.
1: Yeah, and let me tell you, there have been some really, really bad ones.
0: The pitcher's mound is the loneliest place in the entire world of sports. Anyone who has ever been to a ballpark knows this. You're being judged by a jury of tens of thousands of maniacs, all of them holding cell phones, all of them literally looking down at you, waiting for you to fail. For a major league pitcher, that pressure is what the money is for. For a civilian, a normie, say an NFL analyst like Mina Kimes, It can make you wonder why you ever agreed to the honor of throwing a first pitch in the first place. But one week from today, that is exactly what's happening. Yes, you are hearing it here first. Our friend Mina will be throwing the first pitch for her beloved Seattle Mariners on Friday, June 10th. So today, we summon not just Jeff Passan, but also the greatest throwing coach on the planet, the legendary Tom House, who's going to try and help Mina avoid a life sentence in the Hall of Memes. I'm Pablo Torre. It is Friday, June 3rd. This is ESPN Daily. So, Jeff, you had just mentioned the really bad first pitches, and I actually want to understand this better? Like what goes into a truly awful one? How do you break the worst of the worst
1: down? Here's the thing. There is no limitation as to who can throw a bad first pitch. Let's start with the athletes. And and we're talking world-class athletes from almost every sport here who have absolutely botched a first pitch. Connor McGregor,
0: Connor, your first pitch. Tell me your thoughts.
2: The most devastating first pitch ever seen in the iconic Wrigley Field. <laughs>
1: the Cubs mascot was making fun of him afterward. Mm.
2: So
0: I say this pitch is a little high. You say it's perfect.
1: Well,
2: the venom is there. The power is there. It's a little off accurate-wise, but you know.
1: John Wall, <laughs> who can glide through a lane, and, and this was in his athletic prime, dunk with the best of them, spikes his first pitch as we wondered whether a point guard can throw a baseball he's a much better passer between <laughs> the lines on the hard court carl lewis, yeah we're one the greatest american olympians of all time bounced it rolled it to home the winner of nine olympic gold medals lewis was drafted by the bulls and
2: cowboys and the case can easily be made he's the greatest athlete of the 20th century but he sure as hell cannot throw a baseball.
1: Yeah, but what a great voice.
2: <laughs> not, not exactly.
1: Was so disappointed in himself, he went and got another ball on the back of the mound, picked it up, and actually threw it over the plate.
0: <laughs> that one, the whole and by the way, I gotta say, because John Wall throwing a worm burner is is bad. Connor McGregor missing the entirety of like what is visible in the camera lens, also bad. Carl Lewis asking for a makeup pitch, a mulligan, is especially undignified, gotta say. (laughs) But I guess I I, am now sort of led to ask before we sort of bring up our medal stand of the most just truly horrific examples. Like, where did all of this start, Jeff?
1: It begins Pablo in the 1890s. The governor of Ohio, who would go on to be president, William McKinley, actually didn't toss the ball from the mound to home plate. He threw it from the stands onto the diamond in 1892. 18 years later, William Howard Taft is the first sitting president to throw out a ceremonial first pitch at a Major League Baseball game. He was invited there by Clark Griffith, the owner of the Washington Senators. who was hoping to permanently fix the presidential seal of approval on baseball as the national pastime once and for all. And ever since then, presidents have thrown out first pitches. Every sitting president over the last century, except for the last two, Donald Trump and Joe Biden have thrown out a first pitch at a Major League Baseball game during their terms. Uh, it wasn't until 1988, though, that Ronald Reagan was the first president to deliver the first pitch from the field itself.
2: Please welcome the President of the United States throwing out the ceremonial first pitch. What a moment this is in the history of Wrigley Field. Now let's watch his pitch. I am inside.
0: Mm, you know, I got to say, Somewhere the ghost of William Howard Taft is furious that he's not known as the first pitch president, as opposed to the president who got stuck in a bathtub. (laughs) So who is atop your rankings here, Jeff? Because we could go through the whole history of YouTube and find plausible candidates to mock and to laugh at. But I, I, I do think that your scouting eye here is necessary.
1: All right, so I'm going to go my top five in reverse order, if I may. And we're going to start with a tie for fifth place. Uh, The Sox, uh, both the White Sox and the Red Sox, have had first pitches that were thrown so askew that they hit a photographer. Uh, (laughs) With the White Sox, the photographer was like 25 feet away and to the left, and it got yanked. And with the Red Sox, it was coming in kind of hot, went over the catcher's head, and just gut-shotted the photographer.
2: It's the ceremonial right, first Jordan, pitch at Fenway in Park in Boston. The wind-up, the pitch. Whoa! Yikes, that
1: hurts just watching it. Not a pleasant thing to see. We're going to go celebrities for numbers four, three, and two. Carly Rae Jepsen, uh, Ooh. Call, yeah, uh, Call Me Maybe. Uh, you certainly don't remember that song, and if you do, I'm sorry. I, I... Yeah so vividly know that song she gripped the ball with five fingers and listen the whole key you're taught picking up a baseball you hold it with your index finger your middle finger and your thumb she threw it I I I would approximate about 10 feet
2: she gives it a great effort here but you're gonna have to go back to 2009 the official belt holder for the worst ever first pitch of a ball game was Baba Bowie but that one right there is gonna give it a run
1: I don't know what it was. Yeah. I just know, Pablo, it was bad. Ball me, maybe, <laughs> you might argue. We we have the New York Mets to thank for numbers three and two. Three, Gary Delabate, better known mm. as Baba Booey from The Howard Stern Show. I don't know what to say, uh that hasn't been said about it already on the howard stern show for
0: the record in which he was roasted crucified all of those synonyms yeah do you know right
2: away that that was the like like like
3: after you release it when um, do you realize this is going horribly wrong so so i'm
2: standing on the side and i'm just getting more and more nervous more and more nervous i start to get the dry
1: heaves Wow. so i'm doing it on the side and the guy that's with me from the mets is looking at me like i'm out of my mind Afterward, he got interviewed by uh, Kevin Burkhardt.
2: One of our listeners was a sports psychologist, so I talked to him for 40 minutes in the car. Obviously, it didn't help. Yeah,
0: all,
1: all that counseling, it didn't really work. So we'll see if we can take a look at
2: the uh, the beauty of this first pitch. What, what are you thinking right now? Wow. I was really hoping that that would not end up on television. <laughs> <laughs>
1: for the rest of us, Pablo, thankfully, it did. <laughs> for a long time, I really, truly believed that 50 cents first pitch at the Mets game was going to be Mm. the holder of the title of worst first pitch. I I
0: am shocked to see 50 Cent come up before the gold medal position.
1: Yeah. He was a left-handed thrower. He stepped to the right. And so usually when a guy steps in the bucket like that, you're expecting the pitch to follow the lead foot. 50 Cent somehow has mastered physics because he stepped to the right and through to the left. And the left doesn't even begin <laughs> to, to tell you just how bad this thing was. Well, that is uh, 50 cents. And his first
3: pitch was not great. Just a bit outside. I think he opened up a little early uh, 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 Yeah, look at that French shoulder. It, it's good. He never had a choice between uh, playing for the Mets or being a rapper. So.
1: It almost flew off the television screen. <laughs> like, that's how bad. It was. It was embarrassing.
0: The magic stick does not apply seemingly <laughs> to the other parts of the baseball dynamic. But okay, hold on. Where are we going for the worst first pitch that Jeff Passan has ever seen?
1: Now, this may admittedly be recency bias. This may also admittedly be something where I'm more compelled to say it because I was there and bore witness to the atrocity. (laughs) But it was July 23rd, 2020. Major League Baseball for a long time looked as if it was not going to have a season because the arguments between the league and the Major League Baseball Players Association about how and when the season was going to start, how much they were going to be paid, Looked like it was threatening to cancel the season. But finally, Rob Manfred just implements a 60-game season. And at the time, the most important person in the country, seemingly, was Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, when you're ready, it's your pitch. Oh, no. Dr. Fauci, over the previous four or so months, had become one of the most famous people in the world because he was the COVID czar during the height of COVID. And he was given the ball to throw the first pitch. And what happened after that, Pablo, uh, it it defies words. I think we should, (laughs) frankly, just let Dr. Fauci explain it himself.
2: I had been practicing at a walk down that I thought was 60 feet, and it was really probably 45 feet. (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of hurt my arm because I haven't thrown a baseball literally in decades. So as I was getting ready to go out on the mound, my arm was killing me. But I said, hell, I could suck it up and just throw it the way I'd been practicing. When I got to the mound, I said, oh, my God, Sean Doolittle looked like he was 200 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of just throwing it, lobbing it over him, which would have landed right in front of him, I wound up and threw it like a bullet, only it just went way off to the left. So it was my bad all the way.
0: I got to say, Jeff, did not anticipate replaying tape from that specific interview we did with Anthony Fauci <laughs> almost uh, two years later, but I re the video now, and as much as I, I respect and treasure that man, I find it very hard to
1: mount an argument against his ranking with you. Yeah, the the thing to understand here, Pablo, is that most first pitches go all right. It's a special guest lobbing something in the general vicinity of home plate. You have a margin of error, you're okay. But sometimes these things go horrifically wrong. And on May 16th, Steve Aoki, world-famous DJ and producer. Uh, I'm sure you dance to his music all the time. Was yeah. at Fenway Park to throw out the first pitch ahead of the Red Sox game. Uh, it's not his first rodeo, so he asked for some advice from Matt Barnes, the Red Sox reliever, who was set to catch the throw. The
2: last two times I tried it, okay. um,
1: I never made it to the home plate.
2: Okay. We're going to so, change that tonight, so yeah, I'm catching so, your first yeah. pitch tonight. Okay,
1: so what, what do you? What should I do with this different... Aim higher. Aim higher. Let it eat. Okay, all right. Throw it as hard as you can. Okay, as hard as you can and came higher. I see. That's like two good tips. That sounds like good advice, but I guess he took it too literally because Aoki went out to the mound and on court to throw, that was above Barnes's head and above everything else and almost hit a jet flying over Fenway and it came (laughs) to rest on the top of the backstop. And Uh, if we're talking about candidates for the worst pitch... In first pitch history, it's certainly in the conversation.
0: Yeah, just the ball sadly resting atop some netting (laughs) is is a pretty good (laughs) indictment of both the advice you received and your execution of said advice. (laughs) So Jeff, if you were to give advice to, let's say, a certain someone, a certain someone who is being tasked with throwing a first pitch and wants to avoid, let's say making the power rankings that you have now described for us. What are you telling this hypothetical person?
1: Well, this hypothetical person, Pablo, is not hypothetical. So I got a text on Wednesday, May 18th at 10, 11 a.m. It said, your morning laugh. And attached to it was a video of a person standing on a dirt field in front of a hill wearing a tank top, shorts and sneakers, throwing a baseball. It was Mina Kimes and she was preparing for what's going to be one of the biggest nights of her life. Here's the thing, she didn't ask me for advice and that showed me some confidence. I think she understands what's at stake here. I think she recognizes that it's not just the Kimes' name, but it's all of ESPN's integrity and (laughs) self-respect that's on the line here. And I don't mean to pile on any more pressure than there is, Mina. I I understand that this is hard enough as it is already, but the reality is if you screw this up, you're never, ever, ever going to hear the end of it from all of us
0: (laughs) oh i completely agree jeff and so after the break we really need to hear from her
2: shopping for mother's day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from $25 and under to, say, $100 and below. You can also sort by category, like fragrance handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So, what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's macy's.com slash gift finder. So
0: Mina, I was admittedly extraordinarily jealous when I learned that you're throwing a first pitch. Not just at any Major League Baseball game, but at your favorite Major League team's baseball game. <laughs> and then I thought about it for like one more second and I was like, oh, I'm actually very glad that I do not have to do this at all.
3: Mm.
4: Are you though? Feels like you're bargaining.
0: <laughs> well, well let, me, let me be upfront with you. I find this whole thing kind of terrifying. Yeah. And I am curious how you are feeling now that you are going to do this thing in front of untold thousands of people at a legit Major League ballpark.
4: Many people have tried to convince me that this is a win-win scenario for me. Either I throw the pitch and people are pleasantly surprised by the velocity of it or, you know... it. (laughs) approximates a strike. I don't know how far out I'm going to be, actually.
0: A shocking spin rate, yeah, from Mina Yes. Yeah, is one yeah. possible headline in this universe.
4: Or I screw up terribly. It goes viral. This is not my—I want to be clear. This is not my take. This is what other people mm-hmm. have expressed to me. And that works in my favor, too, because I go viral, which I don't want to go viral. I don't want to be 50 Cent. <laughs> I don't want to be Steve Aoki. I don't want any of that. I just want to throw a competent pitch.
0: But what they're suggesting to you, the people who have been in your ear already, people who are not me, for the record, what they're (laughs) suggesting to you is that this is a monetizable experience if it actually goes as bad as a normal person might fear it would. Well, I
4: mean, no one's actually telling me to deliberately screw it up. There's no...
0: Deliberately sell NFTs in the comment section of a video of you face-planting while throwing a first pitch.
4: Even the worst-case scenario that you've imagine it in your mind and I have imagined several I mean there's only so many directions a bad pitch could go but I have thought of them all and I think it's more my friends saying even if that happens a good thing could come out of this
0: I do like the idea of you being, I don't even know if you've ever seen Endgame. At the very least, you've probably, or Infinity War, you probably have glanced at the Wikipedia page summaries of what those plots are. I like the idea of you being the Doctor Strange, imagining every possibility, all the worlds that could exist, in which things go in particularly horrifying ways.
4: First of all, I'm a cast member. Of course, I've seen Endgame. Shout out Disney. But uh, let me ask you this.
1: (laughs) Shout out to
0: the Spider-Man ad you were in. Fair.
4: Yeah, synergy. (laughs) Uh, what do you think is the worst possible iteration of a first pitch? Because we've seen a lot of them over the years.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the worst possible one is the one in which it looks like you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> That's actually the second worst genre. The first worst genre is the one where your pitch goes so haywire that you injure a photographer.
4: <laughs> oh, I, I hit someone. So like I Randy Johnson... Uh, a bird, but the bird is actually flying somewhere in the upper deck, it could be the possible nightmare scenario. I hadn't even thought of that.
0: Yes, you could be the sequel to the Randy Johnson Murders A Bird.
4: So I, I actually think I'd rather throw it hard, but like slice it or something, as opposed to just throwing like a pathetically weak pitch. I think that is actually the worst one for me, because I do have spaghetti arms, and I think <laughs> that will um, you know, satisfy some people's preconceived notions of what I'm capable of. <laughs>
0: You are the Kevin Durant of ESPN, Mm -hmm. exclusively in terms of bicep definition. Mm -hmm, mm
4: -hmm. Exactly. I've often said, people say.
0: But hold on. I want to rewind because the idea of you getting the call to do this is Mm -hmm. admittedly, and this is where, yes, I was bargaining, I'll admit. I'm still very jealous. It's awesome. (laughs) It's an awesome thing to get the call. I was
4: totally surprised, I want to say that, uh, when I got an email from a marketing person with the Mariners uh, ahead of opening day, asking me if it's something I'd be interested in doing. I um, have made no secret of my fandom. There's an Edgar Martinez bobblehead on my TV backdrop. I um, achieved some, renown's not the right word.
0: No, um, but...
4: Infamy, I guess. Yeah, when, I think that's um, we were, I don't know if you were on the show that day, we were taping around the horn and in between blocks, news broke that Shohei Otani was not signing with the <laughs> Mariners and I lost my, my I think I blacked out, actually, for like... For, 10 seconds.
1: Otani's going to the angels. No! No!
4: I need a second.
0: Yeah, I was not on the show, but I heard it just like over mountain ranges. Yeah. As it happened live. Yeah. yeah. But wait, but it does this, this whole thing. Like, so take me inside what you have to do for this because they basically just say show up. Yes. And bring your arm. That's a lot stronger than people think and throw this pitch and, but also like, you're kind of like a guest of honor, right? Like you gotta do Jumbotron things.
4: Yeah, so the other thing I had to do, the only thing I've had to do ahead of this, I guess, other than practice, which no one is making me do, that's just something I'm doing.
0: Yeah, we gotta talk about that, yeah.
4: We can talk about the practice. I taped some Jumbotron props, which are the things that, you know, come up, telling the crowd to rally or yes. stand up. Hey, it's time to get loud. Everybody on your feet, let's go. Let's do this. Hey, it's rally time. I, I have to admit, perhaps even more so than throwing a ball 50 plus feet, enthusiastically encouraging a crowd to do something is even more out of my bailiwick. use <laughs> that, that right, bailiwick? I don't think the words, it's rally time have ever come out of my mouth before (laughs) the moment that I taped that prompt. Don't Uh, laugh at me. Don't laugh at me.
0: What people don't know is that when you used to host this show, before you started every episode, you used to tell the guest, it's rally time. And then you'd sort of go on to podcast. Let's get
4: loud. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's go. Seattle,
4: stand up. (laughs) That's actually better than the one I gave him.
0: Okay, hold on though, because... Your relationship to the Mariners, I just want to recap this for people who don't understand. Why do you care about them in a way that would lead them to think this person, this person <laughs> is the right person for this incredibly pressurized, daunting task?
4: Feels like you're nagging me. I just want to throw that out there. I, I just <laughs> just acknowledge the underlying tension between behind a lot of these questions. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I was born a Mariners fan, born into Mariners fandom. When I was a kid, it was incredibly cool to be a Mariners fan because the coolest baseball player that perhaps ever existed, Ken Griffey Jr., was a national icon for kids everywhere. Regardless of where you lived, he was internationally known. Everybody wore their hat like Griffey. Everybody emulated his swing. Runner
2: at
0: first, one
2: down. Deep to right field, way back, he has done it again. Goodbye home run. Ken Griffey Jr. said to his teammates,
4: Get on my back and I will carry you. So it was actually a really, really fun time. And I think maybe uh, misleading because, you know, Mina at the age of eight thought, I'm in for a whole life of this. Ken Griffey Jr., (laughs) Alex Rodriguez, Randy Johnson, Ichiro Suzuki, you know. Jay Buhner. The bone, you know. Um, (laughs) But of course, uh, as you know, and I think many people know, uh, the Mares have not been to the postseason since 2001. It's the longest drought, of course, of any major league team, yep. America. And yep. so it's been, a, it's been a long, long, dark road. And, you know, there was a lot of optimism headed into this season, which is still young, of course. It's June, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they got off yes. to a great start. There's all this young talent coming up. And, and Julio Rodriguez, who was like the really, really exciting talent coming up, outfielder, has actually been quite good.
2: Hammered. Blast off. Left field. Julio Rodriguez with a mash of a three run bomb, and the 21 year old will touch them all for the first time.
4: What's less encouraging is that the Mariners have just had bad luck as of late. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, my first pitch will turn things around.
0: Yeah, a lot of ball game left, Mina, which is also another good thing you could yell at a sub 500 team from a Jumbotron. But. Who is actually helping you get ready for this? I haven't
4: sent videos of me practicing or discussed what I've been doing with that many people, so it's kind of hard to receive advice.
0: You're, you're, you've been in the lab. Is I've what you're been saying. in the
4: lab <laughs> with my husband, who did play <laughs> baseball growing up.
0: Yeah, and, shout out to um, Nick. Yes. Shout out Nick,
4: and has uh, been very generous, uh, or provided a very generous strike zone. Rather, <laughs> um, you've seen the video. I sent it to our group yeah. chat. Yep. Didn't, didn't get a lot of advice there. Our friend mm. um, Mike Sher is a big baseball fan. I think yep. told me to flip one of my hips or something, which <laughs> I immediately forgot and ignored. So it's not great, Pablo. It's uh, very private, and uh, I don't know if I'm getting better.
0: Yeah.
4: People don't talk about first pitches that went well. That's right. Or were surprisingly okay. They only talk <laughs> about the terrible ones. So, <laughs> you, you know, that. yeah. You know who I did watch... I did watch a first pitch from Sue Bird, who's thrown quite a few, but she was throwing one for the Mariners.
0: Yep, friend of the show, um, Sue Bird. Yep.
4: Turned it on because I wanted to see where she was throwing from because I just hadn't remembered mm. seeing her throw. And I, I wanted a sense of how far she was.
0: Pretty far, Sue. Pretty far. <laughs> Wait, though so this is this is where I I do have uh questions. Like, there are so many gymnasts who have thrown, yeah. like Olympians who have thrown first pitches, who like do forward flips and somersaults, but then mm-hmm. cleverly, very cleverly, they wind up pretty damn close to home plate by the time they're releasing the ball. And I'm wondering, where are you throwing from?
4: wow, I, I actually don't know. I should probably ask someone. So, so just again, to provide some insight into yeah. one of my practice sessions, I actually was throwing strikes and I was like really confident and I was, um, yeah, I walked out of that telling my husband, I was like, damn. And then he pointed out that I was on a Little League mound, which I didn't <laughs> um, didn't occur to me. So, yeah, maybe there, maybe from there.
0: All right, well, as it turns out, Mina, we have somebody on the line, waiting to help you from the major leagues, from the highest levels of throwing.
2: And that's after the break. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: okay so for the listener here on the line with me and mina is tom house and tom house i I do need to introduce you by just noting the things that people should know in the top line of your biography here how do you introduce yourself before i try to do it better than you
3: tom house i mean it's it's still i'm still trying to figure out what's going on the funny thing now, all the big lies that i'm telling half of them are actually true (laughs) it's all good So Tom's not going to do it for us, Vita. So
0: we got to say it, right? You were a big league pitcher for eight years, a big league pitching coach for eight more, but that's not even like the reason why we're having you on because you have written or co-written 22 books on pitching. You are the world's foremost expert in how to throw an object, I would say, but a baseball in specific. You're credited with extending Nolan Ryan's career, saving Randy Johnson's mechanics. You invented the Dak Prescott hip thrust dance as it has become now the Tom House stuff, Pate, you know, here, I'll show
3: you, Pate, it's, it's about, it's about creating torque, good. right? It's like, it's about creating, you close the left hip, open up that right, uh, close the left shoulder, open up the hip, boom. boom. <laughs> you guys have done your homework, I'll tell you what, that's... We're not even done.
0: I mean, Mina covers football. I mean, we all know that you coach or have coached Tom Brady and Drew Brees, like the best athletes on the planet. Come to Tom House for counsel on how to throw things. And now Mina is here with a similar request.
4: Can I throw in some caveats before we get into the the video that unfortunately Tom has seen of me throwing a baseball? That's the second time I've thrown anything in like 20 years just very, very important information that I hope you have in your mind.
3: You actually, surprisingly, I know you're going to not not really believe me, you do a lot of things correctly. So, and, and this is going to be fun.
0: Yeah, the fact that you even agreed to do any of this, Tom, is completely absurd, by the way. I mean you were also I mean you were a teammate of Hank Aaron's on the Atlanta Braves when he was chasing Babe Ruth's home run record
1: one ball and no strikes Aaron waiting the outfield deep and straight away fastball is a high drive into deep left center field Buckner goes back to the fence it is gone what
3: a marvelous moment for baseball
0: And that was you, Tom. That was you standing in the Braves bullpen in that iconic video, catching home run number 715.
1: A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking
3: a record of an all-time baseball idol. Well, you have done. I'm really impressed. You guys are really done. Tom, has anyone ever asked you to counsel
0: them on a first pitch to coach up their first pitch? Is this a request you've gotten before?
3: Yeah, I I tell you what, the first pitch, it's terrifying. And it's like, if it can be screwed up, it will. So what you have to do is get into the zone. And the zone literally is when the excitement or noise in the environment is inversely proportional to the amount of thinking you have to do. So the crazier it gets, the weirder it gets. Just don't, don't think. Think about this and you'll laugh if you were a little kid in the backyard throwing a wiffle ball at your brother or your sister and you weren't thinking about it you'd have perfect mechanics tell me why
4: because you're not thinking about it
3: exactly we're genetically predisposed to throw everybody thinks that throwing overhand is an unnatural no it's we are the only primate that are literally genetically predisposed to throw overhand I I forgot
0: to mention this part of of Tom's biography, too. He happens to have a doctorate in sports psychology, right? So this is also part of the therapy couch that we're all jumping on with Tom House as our counselor.
4: I somehow feel worse and better. (laughs) The part about, like, being in front of thousands of fans and trying to block them out, that made me feel worse, Tom, because when I'm at... So for a living, we're on television where you're in front of hundreds of thousands of people, but you don't see them, because so it's super easy. But that image that you just conjured up is really in my mind like you know showing up to school in your underwear like that is peak scary stuff you did make me feel better though with the last part about my throwing being okay
3: yeah but what you just said what happens to human beings that care too much and think too much is they lock up and if you think about sports it's just basically taking the equivalent of what you've done in your backyard your whole life and put yourself in front of 50,000, 100,000 people. The East Germans have a wonderful phrase. I wish I could give it to you in German, but your body's not dumb if you'll let it be smart. And we spend a lifetime, whatever our professions are, out thinking our bodies. It's not necessary. And I do
0: think there's another German word that does mix into the modern setting in which Mina is entering, right? Which is Schadenfreude, because it does feel like the internet is kind of rooting for failure here, Tom. And so oh yeah all of the Zen in the world feels more necessary than ever in general.
3: <laughs> Everybody likes to see a screw up. If you do what you're supposed to do, nobody talks about it. But here's the deal you learn more from bombing, from screwing up. We call it fail fast forward. Now there's a concept for you. The people that you're watching on TV that play sports. Have failed more than any of their peer group. The guys that are, are willing to go through the nosebleed of failing and learning from their failures are the ones that play. The ones that never take a chance, that always try to just satisfy rather than satisfy. They never get to the elite level. So, and, and again, I'm not blowing smoke, meaning you're not going to believe how good you really are once we talk you through. All right. All right. I, I love this. I, so, all right, Tom, I mean, let's do it, man.
0: Give us, give us, usually you have like heat maps and very fancy 3D imaging technology. You did grade Mina off of a video she took on her cell phone. I didn't take it. So give us the best
3: that you got. Okay. So just so you know, whether it's a group of little leaguers or working with a hall of famer, we inform, instruct, and inspire. That's what we're after. So the first pieces are about information. When I, I told you earlier that you with your feet, if I was to ask you, what do you think, if I, you heard the term ankle eye, what would ankle eye mean to you?
4: Sounds like a like, uh, new Marvel character.
3: Okay, hey, there you go. See, you're smart <laughs> enough to defer the question. and, and you know, me, He's killing me. Think about your, your back foot has to be perpendicular to the target you're throwing at, when you initiate the movement to throw with your feet, so tell me what I just said. Yeah, man, so the, in your own words,
4: the back foot has to be pointed at the catcher.
3: Perpendicular, not pointed. You have yours pointed. Oh, it's got to be so perpendicular. pointed in the other
4: direction. Oh, wow.
3: If you think about how your foot is put together, if the ball of foot arch complex is is perpendicular to the target, what's the bump on the inside above? What's that called? It's your ankle. Put an eyeball in it. And whether you're a quarterback, whether you're a thrower, any, anything you throw, your ankle eye on your post or your back foot has to be perpendicular to where you're throwing the target. Yes. <laughs> For the listener, Mina has now lifted her foot to the camera. Yes. So from here on out, whenever you throw anything, if you can get the ankle eye on your back foot, perpendicular to the target you're throwing at when you weight shift your whole body will direct itself hips shoulders everything without even having to think you did a really good job with your total body except when you went to throw when you weight transferred your back foot was aiming toward that on deck circle on the first base side can you visualize that
4: yeah, absolutely.
3: And all yeah. you had to do to, to make your weight transfer and your whole bottom half, your legs and your hips be perfect, is just square up that back foot so the ankle eye is aiming toward home plate. So that takes care of your legs. So what did you learn about your legs? What do you have to do?
4: That I gotta, I'm gotta, i going to actually draw a little eye on my ankle bump thing, and that little eye has to be facing home plate instead of be facing the on deck uh, circle, as you mentioned.
3: And that's perfect. And if you do that, then your legs are taken care of and hips happen. Please tell me what I just said.
4: If I do that, my legs will be taken care of and my hips will happen.
3: (laughs) When you landed on your front foot, your hips were already opened up, which in your mind's eye, in your subconscious brain, said my shoulders have to follow. So when you went to throw, your hips and your shoulders were aiming Ah. toward the on-deck circle your front side glove and arm was almost behind you and you still made a good throw forward, but
4: I was fighting it. Like it was
3: literally because, you know, and I'm not blowing smoke. There's an athlete floating around in that skinny little body you have.
4: (laughs) That's going to be my new Twitter bio, Tom. And I'm going to attribute it to you.
3: No, no, it's it's (laughs) actually really good. And when you throw it and you do this naturally, when you broke your hands, Your thumbs went under, which means your elbows went up, and you actually squared off and released the ball with your eyes level and your back foot on the ground when the ball left your hand. Now, I gave you three things. That's a lot, but it's a compliment. When you broke your hands, okay, your eyes were level. You went thumbs under to get elbows up. Your eyes were level, and your back foot was on the ground, which normally takes – a bunch of repetitions for anybody to learn and you said you hadn't done it for 20 years
4: yeah no i I was really consciously trying not to throw it like a shot putter
3: right and that that's that that low elbow (laughs) squirt. and Pablo, you can do this with us when you break your hands and your thumbs go up where do your elbows go they go down when you break your hands and your thumbs go under where do your elbows go and, and, Mina, you did it perfectly. When you broke your hands, both elbows came up. You got to a, a perfect 90-90, but then everything kind of spun out because your feet were all screwed up.
4: My feet failed me, as they often do.
3: <laughs> but it only takes one repetition to fix the position. It takes thousands of reps to neural pathway program a movement. So we try to teach position before movement before activity called skill and the the, really the only position that i need you to think about is making sure that your ankle eye is and your foot is perpendicular to your target and the rest of your delivery should fall in place
0: (laughs) mina is grinning so broadly for the record tom as this is happening for our audience she is this is okay yeah keep going Jealousy. (laughs) it's
3: this simple gff go friggin' fast. I'm cleaning it up just for you guys. (laughs) Keep, Keep your eyes level, keep your front side firm, and drag your back foot. You already do three of those things. All you have to do is get your the bottom half, get your legs to where all your momentum is going toward a target instead of spinning it out to the left, and you're fine. And you can't go wrong with going fast, the faster you go, the easier you throw. Huh. What I just say, Pablo? The faster you go, the easier you will throw. Right, it's, called, it's Nolan Ryan. Nolan wanted to throw hard, easy, and I we never could understand what he meant. When he got tired, he said, the tireder I get, the faster I try to move, because you throw with your body, your arms along for the ride. If you're muscling up, if you're recruiting strength in your arm before the energy gets there, you're really inefficient with your kinematic sequencing. You actually have really good weight transfer and energy translation, but where's your energy going? It's spinning, you know, toward first base instead of going toward home plate.
4: I was thinking about that, Tom, because my arms are so noodle-like. I was trying to use my body.
3: Because you're smart. You're intuitively smart. It's back there. If you were on my staff, your nickname would be Stick.
4: <laughs> Pause. I'm surprisingly jacked. I'm just going to flex just so you can see.
0: For, for the podcast audience, uh, Mina is not jacked. All right, Tom, this is too much. This is you you this, I, I envision this as a make a wish scenario and this is way over the top now. I am disturbed by your confidence. He's jealous in, in my friend. I, I did not see it going this way to be honest. <laughs> but all I, really I have didn't. to do,
3: Pablo, is show me something that you do athletically, <laughs> and then I'll match it up. Grab the video. Oh. So this is what we do. Pablo, what we just did right here is what I'm doing now with all this unbelievable technology that's out there that the very best coaches did 50 years ago intuitively. So here's the pressure. When are you going to throw first pitch, Mina?
0: I don't want you to watch, if I'm being honest, but... (laughs) Oh, no. Of course he's going to... We're going to have a party. We're going to have a watch
3: party. Yeah, all of it.
4: It's June 10th. Uh, My beloved Mariners are hosting the Red Sox.
3: Okay. So you're aware I played for the Mariners. Yeah, I was born in Seattle. My dad went to the University of Washington. Oh, nice. So, so there was another thing that we have in common that Pablo, unfortunately, you and I don't have in common. So no. what's my homework for you, Pablo? What are, what are my, you, what he, is, Okay, here's,
0: here's, here's your homework, Tom, because at some point I'll want you to biomechanically evaluate me in the most rigorous way possible. But until then, I just need a nickname because you gave me a <laughs> stick and I'm feeling left out. <laughs>
3: Okay, if I again showing up for the first time, looking at you the way you're built, I, I think you would either be stumpy. stumpy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm i guessing how, t- how tall are you, Pablo? Five ten and five
0: ten and three quarters of an inch, Tom House. I'm so glad you asked. Believe it or
3: not, you're taller than I am. How much do you weigh?
0: Oh, I weigh right now about, like, 165. No, 170 closer, probably.
3: See, I'm a 5'9", 205, so I'm the original beer keg. <laughs> uh, I can't call you beer keg, but I, I knew you were a squatty it. body. I, I, I might have to see what you have. What's your favorite sport? Oh, it's basketball. What kind of a free-throw shooter are you? Oh, I'm terrible. Okay. I'm terrible.
0: My mechanics are, all, my mechanics are, are a multi-part series, Tom.
3: If you could do me a favor and have someone video you shooting, give me give me five free throws.
0: Yes. I, did,
3: I want to see five free throws. We'll run it through. It's actually, we have the technology now with this company that um, it, it's a an, uh, an app that we call Mustard. Yes. Where a mom and a dad can film their child. We've democratized what the elite paid 30 grand a weekend for, and we put it in the hands of mom and dad and we can actually give you a biomechanical workup of your free-throw shooting for free. Sold. Sold. and then you and I can make fun of him, okay? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't
4: wait. And then, Tom, you know, you can grade us both.
2: Perfect.
0: Tom House, it's on behalf of uh, Stick and uh, Squatty Body. <laughs> S- um, Squatty Body. Squatty. Squatty Body. Stumpy also. Yeah, that's probably also, also copyright. <laughs> Infringement, yeah. I guess I'm not... Yeah, I'd prefer the other one somehow to Stumpy. Um, uh, Tom House, thank you very much for your time.
3: I had fun, guys. I'll hang out with you anytime you want. I'm Pablo Torre. This has
0: been ESPN Daily. And yeah, go find your ankle eye and mark your calendar also. Keep your eyes peeled on June 10th when Mina throws her first pitch at... If you happen to be a young pitcher out there, you can find Tom House's Mustard app over on the App Store. Our show is produced by Bradford Craig, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Ryan Dantel, Mike Philbrick, Andy Tennant, Eve Trow, Chris Tuminello, and Aaron Vale. Special thanks this week to Andre Soto and Jackson Ugelo. I'll talk to you Monday.